you enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's going to win the footy and why, you know, the type of guys that puff at their chest and say, after their obscure multi comes up. Well, if you do, this is the podcast for you. The Festival of Footy is over and perhaps a little bit of footy fatigue is starting to set in. Right on cue, just about round seven, the same it is every single year. But fear not, we here at One of the Odds are well rested and ready to find you winning tips and value picks. However, if footy fatigue has got its clutches into you, fear not. Take the load off, forget about cooking the food, and head on down to the Yorkshire Hotel on the corner of Language Street and Punt Road in Abbotsford to remind yourself why you love footy. At its very worst, footy's a great excuse to catch up with a few mates for a cheeky pub meal and a pint or two. And at its best, it's an amazing spectacle worth doing a podcast about. Either way, the Yorkshire Hotel is the place to be. Now, talking of catching up with mates, it's time to introduce the punter's prophet himself, my good friend Baz. Mate, what did you make of the festival of footy? Uh, teams are starting to even out a bit, I think. You're starting to see where teams are actually at. And uh, we spoke about this we'll probably you know, around you know, 7 to 10. We'll start seeing where teams are. And teams will start a while, fall away, just like last year. Uh, it was good as well because we had so many days straight of footy. And it was a bit weird on Monday not having any footy. And we're actually doing a podcast on a Thursday night this week instead of a Tuesday, which is good. And we've got the teams out. We've got so, so we much just, information at our hands. Which is... It doesn't make things any easier this week. So I think it's a The pretty, pressure's on now. A, we've got no excuses. And it's a tough week as well. So, you know, we got eight last week. Probably should have got nine if I uh, stuck to my guns, and we'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, hopefully this week we can go eight or nine again. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. All right, so everyone's favourite segment, straight off the cuff, Baz on the blower. Round seven is about the right time of the year where you can start to take stock of teams and go, look, I reckon we can put some brackets. Not say they'll finish 8th or finish 10th or whatever, but give them the will contend, will not contend, will fight for the spoon type brackets. And we'll start at the bottom with our cellar dwellers. And I've, I've bracketed four, and they're pretty obvious to guess. They're all the one in five teams. So Melbourne, North, Sydney, and Carlton. Now, will any of these teams escape the bottom four cellar? I think Sydney and Melbourne will, because I think Gold Coast are going to keep probably performing like they have the last two weeks. I might, you know, they started really well, but you know, they've got a few injuries. And now uh, Stoogie's starting to admit blokes as well, young kids. They've had four or five games. But you know, they, they do like that depth. They've got you know, a very young list. They had a big list turnover. I think uh, Melbourne, you know, while they're not travelling great, they'll beat some teams that are below them. Like they'll beat Carlton. They'll probably beat North Melbourne, those sorts of teams. They might even win this week. Um, Sydney will do the same like, they're good enough to beat the bottom four or five teams mm-hmm. uh, but do they want to do they want to tank but anyway that's another thing mm-hmm. um, they'll get out of the bottom but Carlton and North Melbourne are definitely uh, bottom four material and it's an interesting game this week because I would have thought I, I want to tip Carlton I really really do because I think the last two weeks what they've shown after it's funny how teams I give a cook on the podcast come out and prove me wrong that week anyway um, going with a bake, I think it was round two or three. The last two weeks of footy, you've actually shown something and, and been really, really good. You know, obviously, they didn't win on on Sunday, but the style of footy for that first half was actually pretty good to see. And the players that are playing well, which was really good, like Mackay and you know McGovern was good as well. You know, I thought I gave him a bake in our little chat that went the week before. So and you know Jones has been really good, and the midfield SPS is backing it up, and Cruzo you know killed it in the ruck until he got injured. But yeah, I just. You still can't trust them, though. No, you can't. And, and they really haven't just... won yet either. They haven't done that last bit. Like, well, well, that's what Brendan Bolton said. They like, beat the doggies. They beat the doggies, but they haven't won in the sense that they haven't. They haven't been. They've been. They've got to the position in games where they can win, like they did against Hawthorne. Yep. And they've and they haven't finished it off. They were. They, were, they didn't finish it off against. They Sydney. were cool by injuries, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I were mean, three. Losing, they were three players down. Losing Simpson, Cruiser, and Newman. So you got two backs down there that are yeah. ma- uh, mature age players who are experienced enough to set him up and I reckon when Kay Simpson went off and this is to Bolton's uh, detriment and he does it a bit which worries me that he, he kind of went into save game mode and that's what cost him the game is you know Hawthorne got on top and it wasn't until the last 10 or so minutes when Hawthorne kicked away like, like three or four goals up when uh, Carlton actually went shit we've got to 
take, take it on again. And Nothing so, that looked dangerous and, again, yeah. yeah. That's what worries Hawthorne and it worries Melbourne. The other team, so out of those four teams, North and Carlton will definitely finish bottom four. And in your next run that you've you, you got here with Western Bulldogs, Gold Coast, Hawthorne, Brisbane, St Kilda, Western Bulldogs is the other ones in the finish bottom four. What Beveridge needs to do is realise they're not going to play finals. Stick with Boyd, Shucky, uh, put Norton back. He put Norton back finally about half time in the Ferro game. And he started to get a bit more of the footy. Play Bont and play your midfielders in the midfield. Play your forwards up forward. Just let them gel. Let them play. He switches and changes things too much. You know, I watched the Bulldogs in the against Williamstown in, in horrible conditions. I was about to say, but in those conditions, you're going to bring Shaki and Boyd back. They both had. They couldn't get near it in the twos. Yeah, but those conditions are horrible. It's like playing a Brighton Beach Oval on a on a 15 degree day and it's bucketing down. But they rain. can still you, they can still try and get near the pill. It's hard to get near the pill. It's, it's not made for talls that sort of stuff. He's in the ruck though. Boyle was playing the ruck most of the time. Yeah, he got Boyle, monstered. He actually, he definitely everything was alright. I'd, I'd be bringing him back in. <sighs> You're a nicer coach than me. No, I, I just what I watched, I saw, I thought he did alright. Him and Shaky just need to play AFL footy. Shaky has shown, you know, yeah, yeah. he's shown that he can actually do it. He just needs to have that uh, faith instilled in the coach and, and have, no, he's got his backing. I don't know, I don't know if Beveridge has given that to these younger blokes. I don't think he's given it to anyone in that club at the moment. And they're, they're, they're almost in that new 61 to 75 bracket where I reckon we've got Gold Coast who did it again on the weekend and Carlton just got over in the end. But I reckon the doggies, you can almost throw them into that weekly 61 to 75 bracket, about $3, $3.50 in your going to make some money this year I reckon because right. they're struggling to score because you can't keep relying on blokes like Dixon Gowers and Lloyd to kick your goals so we talked about Beveridge needs to pull the pin essentially and say we're not going to play the funnels and just get some games into these guys that should be playing AFL long AFL careers yep. do you think Hawthorne will do the same will they do a Sydney and not say we're going to rebuild but we're going to refurnish and uh, redevelop and re I think they already are because Clarkson did come out in the presser and say he's not quite sure where his team is at at the moment. And he's a very open coach. It's quite, it's quite refreshing to have a coach. I suppose when you've got enough premierships in the bank and you could retire at any stage a very wealthy man and just have your legacy already wrapped up, you can just come out and say, look, this is not the team that's going to win it this year and we, we know that. They'll probably, they'll probably just miss out on finals or just make finals. They're yeah. you know, 6 to 12 depending on injuries and all that stuff. But you know, Jaeger O'Meara carried him last week for half, and then Shield bruised him. Those sorts of like Shield is underrated as anything. Like he, he was awesome. And then obviously when Cruiser went down, McAvoy stepped up because McAvoy was getting absolutely hammered in Iraq, and now getting killed at the contest. And they even that up, and you know their four line all of a sudden looked dangerous because the ball was spending so much time in there. But again, for Hawthorne, I just worry that you know they're still they're, they're blooding like Mitchell Lewis and those sorts of blokes. Um, you know O'Brien was down back again. For the middle, and it did a pretty good job on McKay for for most part. Um, once Brand injured himself and got moved off him, you know there was, an, I think their midfield with Warple and a few other blokes. Scully's starting to get back into it. Wingard's glimpsing in and out of games. They've definitely got enough talent there to be a top eight team. It's, uh, it's whether the young boys can keep standing up. But I think they're better than you know they're better than Western Bulldogs. They're better than Gold Coast. They're better than St Kilda, and we'll see St Kilda fall away now. I reckon. So that's a good segue into both St Kilda and Brisbane. They're currently in the eight. Yeah. Seven rounds in. Yeah. Where do they go from here? Can they hang on for a final spot? No, nah, no. Nah. Well, Brisbane might. I think still Brisbane is still okay. They're still okay injury wise, and they've still got some talent, and you know they're well coached, well good good setup down there, and you know Hodgie's still there helping them out. He's played he's played every game now, hasn't he, Hodgie? So. He's probably due a rest when they travel next. So, yeah, I think they're, they're a bit like Hawthorne. They could still finish close to finals. Um, they've just got to make the most of their home games because they play better footy at home. Secure for me, I think they've lost so many good players through mm. injury. Um, and they've had players step up and they're playing you know some great footy. And they've had players like you, know, you haven't really seen before. And they've got their Patton and Wilkie and stuff like that playing really good footy. But it's their first year of footy. Uh, and you, you just know that, and, and history says that once you get about halfway through the year in the first year of AFL footy and you haven't, you're not seasoned, you, you t- tend to fall away a bit yep. in your performance. Um, like that's, you know, stats say that. Mm. So I worry that they're going to start falling. They got a bit of a tougher draw now as well. They play, you know, some good teams. They play Collingwood next week as well. Um, so, you know, they should really, you know, probably lose that and lose the next few. So. 
I think they might be on a downward slide. I don't think they're bottom four. I think the bottom four at the moment are definitely Carlton, North Melbourne, Doggies and Gold Coast. And then there's a there's a yeah, there's, there's a big there's glut. literally big glut of teams that could finish anywhere from six to you know twelve. So the next one is our September potential teams, and I've got four that are on the the cusp of finals, but more importantly, the cusp of having a shake at it. So it's Adelaide and Essen on three and three, and Fremantle and Port on four and two. So the two pairings there, I actually have uh, Free and Port four and two, probably overperforming on our preseason predictions. Are they legit? Do you trust them? So, like, question one would be Port v Collingwood this weekend. Are you scared of playing them at any point? I actually am because our midfield's been getting smashed lately and Port Adelaide's midfield's really dangerous to contest the ball and in their clearances. So that worries me. And they've got two very, very good ruckmen coming up against Grundy. So but we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, later on. But, yeah, they're, they're, there's, there's enough legitness there to go in there oh, and yeah, say they can, they can back their own word in. Like yeah. Ken Hinkley says, and we can beat anyone on our day. But my only concern for them is, and a lot of few teams in this boat, is that they're relying heavily on their first and second year players to perform as they are at the moment and you know their, their gun players are playing well like your Bokes your Rockcliffs uh, Ryder Lysette Blokes like Motlop can't even get a game so Gray's out and Motlop's still sitting in the wings so they're all positives though exactly because Motlop's a good footballer and mm. he's probably getting a good wake up call at the moment so I still think Port are probably they're definitely a top 8 team top 6 team whether they can finish top four depends on their on their run, and uh, they. And the concerning aspects is that Richmond game, for instance, where yeah. they get beaten by a team they should have they should have beaten. And on they paper. should have beaten North Melbourne by a lot more as well, but they let them back in the game. So that's my only concern with Porters. There, they're always good against the good teams, and we've seen that. But when it comes to the games they should be winning, they, they tend to let them slip. So that's my worry for them. Essendon. Essendon, I'm yet to be sold on because I'm worried about you. Still go back to round one and two, they were. Terrible. So how? Why has it changed? I know there's a you know couple of players are in as well, but how's that changed so much in such a short time? And they did it last year as well. So it just worries me that I don't know if you can really trust them. I think it's a bit of the port. I think they get up for it and then they cruise. Yeah. I, I, and part of me really wants to back wants to get on them this week against Geelong, and I'm still fifty fifty. There's a couple of those games I'm still fifty fifty about, but I think this week's their chance to prove everyone they're serious I think they showed a lot last week but now they need to go out and beat a Geelong or they need to beat a, a West Coast or a Collingwood or a GWS they can't just get flogged by them and Geelong will be up and about and they're going really well Geelong and we'll talk about them again a bit soon but um, so Essendon I reckon it should make the eight. Adelaide my worry I still think they're so again too soon not enough not enough good patches of footy to to go because they were pretty good against St Kilda for three quarters they looked good against two ordinary teams well St Kilda haven't been ordinary yet well St Kilda flogged them for the first half or first quarter and a bit they could have put on the scoreboard yeah. they kicked in accurately Adelaide were able to stay in the game long enough to make it hurt so which is a good which is a good positive thing to have early in the season well, to go well, we didn't Kilda, get blown out it's because St Kilda weren't good enough to put them away yeah it goes both ways yeah but I, I still got worries there, and even this week, looking at Adelaide's game, I thought I'll tip Adelaide's. You know, they're, I'm pretty sure at home. Um, and but then you look at it and go, well, do I tip them? Well, yeah, and especially against Fremantle, who's in the same bracket. This yeah. is this week suggests if they if Fremantle go to Adelaide and win this week, they're a guaranteed top six side in my in yeah. my mind. Yeah. Because that that's, that's going to be high scoring footy, and if they can continue to do that. It shows a commitment from the coaching staff to play a bit more of an exciting brand of footy, which lets them stay in games if they're not perfect on the defense side. The, the two games, and are... it lets their kids play, like not their kids, but like their their younger players have a bit more fun with it, and that keeps them in games for longer. Well, the two games they've lost have been dour affairs where mm. they haven't really scored, so that's probably pointing out something. Adelaide, like I said, they've got a lot more run back. You know, Smith's starting to find form, and and Taylor Walker's been awesome. So, you know, still not sold on them. Out of, the, out of those four teams, Adelaide, Essendon. Freo on Port, I'm definitely sold on Port. I'm pretty much sold on Freo. I think the inclusion of Lob and those sorts of blokes have been really good. They've also got Nat Fife, who's just a freak. And he compliments that midfield. And you know, blokes who are in their third, fourth season of footy now just starting to lift and show their, you know, what they're about. Interesting thing is when you do the uh, the old quadrant test about attacking uh, numbers and defensive numbers, there's a, there's a breakaway group of five at the moment and Port's included in that. Yeah. So it's interesting... It'll be interesting to see when the both of us agree that we can trust Port. And I think most of that's just historical bias where we've jumped on Port bandwagons before and they've let us down horrendously. So 
This year, uh, attacking through the corridors at its lowest it's ever been. It's like an 11% AFL wide. Porter, one of the teams actually are taking on the corridor and are playing on. And it, it's, you know, it's bared them some fruit. So, you know, teams, other teams are really, it's, you know, going boundary side because it's harder for, t- so they call it like the wedge, I suppose. It's, you could probably say you, you attack ones through one side, take the boundary. It's easy to defend mm. unless they get a, intercept mark and quick rebound and they come out the other side because all the players are on that side you already set up you block the exits so it's just easier to defend when you got you come around the boundary obviously and it's I mean it's not rocket science because mm. when you come through the middle yeah you can get you, attacked back on both sides yeah, yeah you, you, you open up so a lot of teams are doing that it's probably because you know a lot more one-on-ones the 666 setups are very different at the moment and it's just a I'm still waiting for some coaches to do it a bit differently. And, you know, I was, you know, there was times on the weekend where, you know, Geelong West Coast, for example, where, you know, West Coast sent extra numbers to the ball at the contest, uh, but West Coast weren't winning the footy. Geelong were. And when West Coast did win the footy, they just bombed it long straight to that sag, you know, defence, that zone mm. defence, where they had two or three extra players. And they were able to intercept mark or mark it pretty easily or bring it to ground and win ground balls which is something West Coast is still horrible at which we mentioned last week which I should have turned on anyway but and they just rebound the footy and cut West Coast open and there's lots of down ground footage of uh, for the second week in a row as well it was uh, some, some of it was gaff you know just not chasing like blokes like Ablett and mm. giving him 20-30 metres but you can't give a bloke that much space who's that good so for West Coast I'm a bit worried about but again their next four or five weeks are really comfortable and um you probably see them being seven and three almost. Do you though? Because so we'll move on to our top, our premiership contenders, our top four teams. And they are Geelong at five and one, and then Collingwood, Giants, Richmond, all on four and two, and then West Coast at three and three. Are we sending the alarm on West Coast yet? Because they have some horrendous numbers at the moment. So they're down three percent on contested possessions from last year. They're down a whole possession uh, per inside fifty. So like they're slow now. They move it incredibly slow uh, they're down their pressure acts they're down their marks so last year they were marking at like 40% of entries were getting marked now it's, that's dropped all the way down to 18% like they're, they're they're missing out on all their basic strengths at the moment they can't seem to find JK they can't find Darling he doesn't even show up half the time literally looks like he cannot get the ball but the next three weeks they've got Gold Coast and Kilda and Melbourne you, you so Kilda and Melbourne aren't gimmies. The two of them are, are, are Optus Stadium, Optus Stadium. So you, I reckon, the blueprint's there. I reckon three of them they win. You, don't, you reckon three Melbourne and they're six and three, and all of a sudden the pressure's off. They've still got a lot to work on. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I, I, they won't beat Melbourne. Won't get near them at Optus Stadium. But considering that what their weaknesses are, ground balls and contested possessions, Melbourne are elite at both of those things. They're the only two things Melbourne are good at. Yeah, but. <laughs> Melbourne can't score or defend, so... Yeah, but neither can West Coast at the moment. <laughs> I'd still be back in West Coast at the moment to beat Melbourne, but anyway... I'm just saying they're not, that's not a gimme to be... Uh, it's not a gimme to be seven and four I reckon they in can three be, weeks' time. They can be six and three in three weeks' time and people will just forget about what's happened. The, premier, the reigning premiers, yes, they're not going great at the moment, but we've seen with a few other teams this year we've written them off, or like Essendon and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, yes, we still don't trust them, but you know, we're probably too quick to roll off teams. Yeah, they're good enough. They're it was just concerning. Wins. Like usually, premiership contenders but don't get beaten by sixty odd points. It was literally a training drill for Geelong on the weekend. They were terrible West Coast. I thought their kick mark game, the way they play, the way they run the footy, the way they hit up and use their marks, and you know the possession style of game would 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 be too good for Geelong. A bit like what GWS did to Geelong. So that, that's where I thought that they'd have the advantage. They had none of that. They were terrible. They were disgusting, and uh, Geelong were amazing. So. Yes. And, you know, I said two weeks ago, Geelong are one of the teams you can trust. And I went against that just because I, I still feel that they're... And I, I know I've copped a bit of flack for this, but I still feel they're relying too heavily on the top tier. And the, the younger blokes in their first, second year are playing really, really good footy. Don't get me wrong, and they're playing great. But I just... Again, how long can they keep... If they keep going, it's round 10, and they're you know, good on them. Don't keep going, I'm still... Yeah, like I said, I'm still trusting the most. I'm backing Geelong in as the standard bearers for the year now because I because they're young kids and inverted commas aren't that young. They 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 have seasons of VFL behind them. They have seasons of of even just like you know Barwon footy behind them. But they've played against adult 
elite it's not, it's adult men. It's not AFL level, of course, and of ha- course. So, but they've played against like, they've played against bigger bodies for long enough um, to know they're going to last a season. And, uh, they'll last a season. Yeah, I'm still thinking that they'll be yeah. up there. I'm still saying that, and I still like I said, I said they're one of the teams you can trust. Just going into finals, I, I wouldn't be backing them. Why? I just don't. I, I just don't think that they're good still. Like I do think they're good if you get what I mean, but I just don't think they're, they're, they're back deep enough when it's a contested slog out that they're going to win it. But they are winning. They are the number one contested possession team equal with Port Adelaide at the moment. All right. Well, let's see where they're at in 10 weeks. And that's fine. I'm just saying based on those we have I'm so far. I'm happy to be wrong. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm happy like, to be wrong. When you're the best defensive team, the best attacking team, and the best clearance team. Yes, and it's round, what, round six. Round six, yeah. Yeah. But by far the best as well. Yeah, that's all right. See, they're out in 10 weeks. Standard bearers. I'm and not saying they're going to win the flag. I'm just saying you, they and, are the standard and bearers. And to be honest, the next four or five weeks, is like they've got some easy games in the next. By, 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 round, by the bye week, they should be cemented in top in the top spot almost. They've got Essendon. They should they, you know, if they're as good as what they think they are, should be that. Yeah. They've got North, Dogs, um, Gold Coast, and Sydney Swans. Because that's my point. They've already played all the hard teams. They were meant to, they were meant to be 0 and 7. By the end of this week, because they played all these difficult teams. Yeah. They were playing Collingwood, they were playing West Coast, they reckon, were playing GWS. teams went, this year they went, all right, Geelong probably aren't going to be that good, let's not do a lot of homework on them, and now they're going to start looking at them? Or do you reckon it's just Geelong are playing out of their skin? I just reckon Geelong were... Geelong... How many teams have been played out of their skin earlier in the year and then fall away because they've peaked too early? North, yeah, but, Port, they've all done Yeah, it. but this is not, they're not of the same calibre as Geelong. They've got, they got good enough players in that team. Gary's another one. He's played every game. They haven't rested him yet. He's what thirty. He's also unstrapped now as well, though. Seventy. Have you seen him though? He's, he's, he's like he's like he's like Benjamin Button. He's he going backwards. A, he's a freak. Uh, he wants another contract, I think. So I think there's a little bit of hate about Geelong for you, and that's okay because there's some scarring, mental scars there from Geelong back in the day. There's been a Collingwood fan. So we'll move on to your boys and my boys. Are we penciling or penning Richmond and Collingwood into the four? I'm still worried about Collingwood's uh, midfield able to consistently win the ball at the stoppages. We've been opened up like, second half against this and they smashed us. Doggy smashed us. You're a bottom four clearance team at the moment. Yeah, we're, we're struggling at that and we've become a score from defence team, which is I'm not happy about because we've got this you know, really, really good midfield, strong midfield, all these players in, and we've all of a sudden decided we're going to be score from you know defence team. I'm not happy with that. So, Especially when you've got Brody Grundy. So you're, you're rolling in there with seven midfielders, essentially. Yeah, we've got the best midfield, probably one of the best ruckmen. We've got one of the best midfielders and one of the best ruckmen in the game at the moment. And we're trying to score mainly from defence. Mm. That worries me because teams, good teams will cut us open, as we're seeing with West Coast. So we're seeing with West Coast, they went to that you know score from defence, and that's what they do. And that's why, you know, even last year, they weren't good at all those, mm. all those main KPIs everyone uses. But, um, yeah, and that's why now ground ball gets and that sort of stuff is coming to vogue. And, you know, they're falling, they're falling a couple of more spots behind. They're getting opened up. So it's, it is a worry, and uh, that's where I think we need to get the balance right. And maybe Braden Sear comes in, but he's been injured. And uh, Daniel Wells is still there. Um, and he's playing some decent footy in the VFL. Quain was really good last week. So maybe we do adjust a bit. I'm surprised that Varco got dropped for tomorrow night. I think his pressure you know you might only get 10 or 12 touches a game but he <laughs> runs through blokes and loves it so um, yeah I think I think we're we're going to be alright we're going to play finals which should be top 4 top 5 uh, but I still worry about our midfield at the moment we just need to probably adjust where we're scoring from predominantly Richmond like I said last week I think Richmond are the team to beat I still do think that even with Jack out for 10 weeks he'll still come back in the right time of year yeah, you lose Rancy, but you still get Koch and all those blokes back. Still... I think Jack missing for ten weeks is the best thing that could have happened to Tom Lynch. Yep. Because now he gets, now he gets, he goes, cool. I'm the big amigo, and then I think if when they come into finals and they're a top four team or whatever, then Jack's a, a more mature and a leadership type now that he can go and play a secondary role if he has to. Yep. Knowing that that's what's best for the team and best for the, their best chance for a flag. So, a comfortable Tom Lynch and a mature Jack Raywalt will be very, very handy come September. The, the only the only weakness I see is, and he's probably gone backwards since the, the, the year you won the flag is Nank, and that's your ruck. 
I think that's something you can be exploited, especially when someone like Bolter goes into the ruck. So yeah, against the better teams that have good ruckmen, which are in that you know that top four or five, and you know Stanley's playing out of his skin. He played another good game on the weekend. Um, mind you, it's surprising that West Coast let Lysette go, and their backups at the moment are Vardy, who got dropped for form, and Hickey, who I don't think gives much now. I know I gave Stanley a bit of a whack last week so I thought McAvoy beat him hands down and I wasn't the only one but um, you know that's fine everyone has their opinion but he's, you know, did you see the stat floating around though that he's the second best ruckman over the last 18 months yeah yeah but I think if you look back he's beaten Grundy and he, he, yeah. beat, he beat Gorn but uh, yeah he, he's been more consistent you know the last few weeks or this year sorry yeah. he has previously and you know that's why St Kilda rated him so highly and we're happy to give him up for the right trade and when Geelong wanted him. So, uh, yeah, good on him, keep going. But, yeah, I think the top four at the moment will be Geelong, Collingwood, um, GWS and Richmond. GWS is the other one. We well, so, we split them. so are they the sleeping giants, pun intended, of course, for the for the premiership? Yeah, I reckon, I reckon so. Like, especially after what Kelly was talking about the other day with you know, what he wants to do and how he wants to be remembered at the club and... All those sorts of things, and I think if you know what, if can if they can manage to get Caniglio signed by midway through the year, I'd be uh, yeah just watching the market with GWS because I reckon they've actually got role players at the moment playing that those roles, doing their job, helping the team out, and they've got some absolute stars and Hopper and you know those sorts of blokes are stepping up out of the shadows of blokes who have now left like Shield and, and and Scully and you know they're playing some great footy so. You know, it's a good thing about well, not so much when you got rid of when they got rid of uh, Scully, but when they get rid of these top class players like Shield, Trelaw, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they get first round picks back and generally high first round picks, and they just keep restocking. So yeah, I think GWS and Richmond are, are probably my two top teams for you know, grand final day still. Rapid, rapid fire forecasting bets and these are just the things I uh, kind of penciled in during my little data analysis there fewest wins the obvious pick is Gold Coast at 250 my value picker would be North at 475 and if they lose a couple more on the trot things are going to start getting really hectic especially when we've already seen the likes of Kerry and uh, Kingy come out and give them a few whacks in the media Everyone will be jumping out of that, jumping into their lifeboats come uh, round ten yeah. if this continues the way it's going. Trust me, North of the team that uh, Oregon coach sacked first uh, to miss the top eight is a as a market you can get out there. Uh, the only real value there would be Adelaide at two dollars ten. Everyone else is either obvious and really short or not going to happen and really long. So that's probably any play there to make the top eight. Uh, Hawthorne at three dollars is pretty tasty because we just said before yep. they're a team that will always be there and thereabouts and incredibly well coached. Uh, to make the top four, you can get huge value now for West Coast after last week's demolishing at uh, Cadinia. They're paying two dollars twenty-five to make the top four, which is pretty healthy. And then for your grand finalists, your top four will be the ones, but uh, you can get the Giants paying at about four bucks at the moment. But uh, as soon as they string get a few more wins and sign up a few more players. That value will be gone. Uh, otherwise, yeah, Collingwood's at two fifty, Richmond at three twenty-five. If you like the Premiership market and can find a cash out on it, Richmond to win the Premiership this year at seven dollars uh, is pretty tasty, considering all the things that can go right from at the back end of the season. Already have had a nibble. Oh, there we go. So if it's good enough for Baz, it's good enough for us. Round 7 preview, upset alerts, 50-50 picks, and sure things. And I've declared Sunday, you know how you got the bushfire rating, Sunday is a high alert upset rating. All three games, I reckon, could go either way. And all three games have value for the underdogs. So we'll start 110, Carlton versus North Melbourne. Carlton, $2 outsiders, North eighty favourites. It's at Marvel Stadium, the line here is 2.5. And so Carlton's doing everything except for one thing, and that's winning games regularly. They only won the one this year. They let one slip last week, and Bolton's had enough. However, the Kangaroos are doing the opposite. They seem okay with how they're going right now. 
Brad Scott came out and said, you know what? I made the right, we made the right choice collectively to get the players we got last season. And we didn't get them as top-ups. We just got them as good, mature recruits. And Aaron Hall's gone. Well, is this the sliding doors moment? Is this when, is this when Carlton passes the baton on, and that baton being the wooden spoon, to the North Melbourne Kangaroos? I just look at the ins for, for Carlton and the outs. So you've got Simpson, Cruz, and McGovern, Newman out. In you've got Phillips, Schumacher making his debut maybe, Charlie Kerno possibly, Gartlett possibly, Stocker possibly, Loeb, Williamson, Setterfield. And you look at you look at North and I, I, I struggle to see how they score. It probably it's probably a good matchup for for Carlton's defence with the talls because Jones and gets a tall and uh, Wiedering gets a tall and they've got lots of talls and they've got a few smart smalls around there as well. A part of me really wants to tip Carlton, but the outs just worry me too much, especially around the ruck. And they've been up for two weeks now, too. Like they've been up playing good footy yeah. for two weeks. North have been horrible, and surely they're set. Like if they lose this, seriously, Scott's in the gun. Like they can't, they can't lose this. So it's really, uh, it's a tough one. And I'm, I'm slightly tipping. I'm slightly leaning towards Carlton because their last two weeks have been better than North. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't not surprise me one bit if obviously if North got up and they're favourites. And I reckon the only reason they're favourites is because of the the outs for Carlton. If the, those four ins were for Carlton, then Carlton would, would be favourites, I reckon, in this game. See, I don't think it'll make much difference in terms of the hit-outs, all the clearances. So North are dead last in clearance at the moment, averaging 31. Carlton are in the top quarter of the competition at the moment, averaging 41. That's what I said last week about Hawthorne as well, and we saw it in the first quarter. Yeah. Obviously, when Cruiser went down... That did affect them because McAvoy came into the game and then they evened it up a bit in the centre. But I still reckon they're good enough against a poor team. Northam not anywhere near as good as, as Hawthorne. And they don't have the likes of an Omir to turn on no, in a no, third no, quarter no, no, and win them a game. I mean, Higgins is probably their only midfield that's any good. I mean, they've got some good young talent, but maybe Cripps is the one that just lifts them up and just goes, all right, boys, get on my back. Cripps, Walsh, Gibbons. Yeah, I reckon they should get Ed Kerno back in there as well to do a stopping role. They should have put Ed Kerno on um, on O'Meara a lot earlier and just try to stop him. Because if he had, if they had, you know, yeah, quelled that a little bit, yeah, in the first half, they probably would have been a lot further ahead. I reckon you've almost you've almost made up your mind. I reckon I'm going to go Carlton. I'm going to back in Carlton's youth and, and young guns to beat a dour, pretty ordinary North. Because again, I don't see where they score their goals from unless Ben Brown gets going. Larky was good for him last week. You know, Taron Thomas has been good. Um, yeah, they've got some good young players. Mason Wood's obviously a freak, but just can never put it together. Uh, but Car- Carlton, for me, last week, they showed in that first half how good they can play. I hope Bolton just lets them take it on and does that because their speed and ball moving, if they do what they've been doing the last two weeks, will worry the hell out of North Melbourne. Yeah. And I've just got three stats here that kind of really solidify the Carlton pick for mine. One, the Blues average 36 points a game from clearances. That ranks second in the AFL. North have conceded a score from 46% of their lost clearances this year. That's last in the competition. And they've been outscored by a total of 77 points from centre clearance this season, also ranked dead last in the competition. This game will be won and lost in the middle. And Carlton scored a lot last week against Hawthorne from clearances. Mm. So. And had a clearance differential of plus 18, which is their biggest uh, since round 13, 2015. So they're in, they're in good form for the, for the Blues and... This will, I reckon this will be the last bit of their wave. Maybe they win. Maybe then Cripps goes out and says something silly like, we'll get back on the beers. And then they'll, they'll have to race it after that. But there's, there's a good enough form line there for Carlton to get a win. And at two bucks, it's good value. Carlton, I'm tipping you for the first time in about three years. Don't let me down. Second upset alert for the Sundays at 3.20 at the MCG. Geelong, the centre bearers are $1.48 favourites. Essendon, after crying in their wheat bix for a whole week, $2.60 outsiders. The line here is 40 and a half. The over-under, 171. Guess who's back? Mr. Marshmallow himself, Kevin Sheedy, has popped out from his little lair to start blowing on that horn well, and a, tooting a country, about. It's a country, it's country weekend, but Sheedy picks and chooses. He didn't come out every country weekend. He does, He reckons there's a little bit of light about this uh, Eston fan club, and he's out there spruiking the good word. So we know when Sheedy gets up and about, 
there's something to be something to be happy about. Yeah, but that's that's not good for Essendon. That's when they start drinking a bit of bath water down there. So, do you believe in football cliches? Because there's two that I think you like. One, speed kills. Essendon has heaps of speed. Yep. Second one is form at Cadinia doesn't count. So, do we reckon that Geelong can play the G? Well, they've proven they can play the G. They've played well, yeah. Four and Collingwood there and knocked them off. The Collingwood game was pretty yuck, and they haven't. They've lost a lot of important games of the G as well, though. Well, they get Parfit back. Uh, Constables get admitted somehow. Um, Mitch Brown, Myers are out for Essendon. Extended benches, obviously, but yeah. Uh, interesting. Essendon named Francis Bagley, Langford, uh, and Fantasia. So, and obviously Venice and Draper. But I reckon. Like, Francis should be playing it. Why don't they play him forward? How about if Mitch Brown's out? Francis takes a lot of contested marks, reads the ball really, really well, especially down back. Surely he can pinch hit forward for a couple of weeks. He's out of contract. He's, a, he's obviously got lots and lots of talent. I don't understand why he doesn't get more more of a game at Essendon. There must be something going on there. I know he's had uh, mental health issues and stuff like that, but he is actually a freak of a player and. I actually hope that in the year he goes back to Adelaide and all one of the Adelaide teams and tears it up. Uh, obviously, Fantasia is a big in. If they can do what they did last week, which is going to be a big ask, I mean, they've got to replicate last week. If they can replicate last week... Well, no, if they replicate last week, they lose. Well, obviously the first half. I'm because, talking about the second yeah, half. I know, but that's that's my that's my problem with Essen is they don't show up in the first quarter. Well, they don't show up. That's why you can't trust them. And that's why I'm probably going to tip Geelong. Although... You know, Essen blew them off the map last year in that uh, infamous game where they, they, I think they kicked like five or six goals in the first quarter or mm. something. Because we know Geelong were pretty dour last year. They like to keep uh, the opposition teams low scoring. And, and now they are also the leading less, attacking team yeah, as well. So. Teams. So, yeah. I'm going to tip Geelong for the pure fact that I wrote them off last week and they, they showed me why I shouldn't have. And I went with my gut last week a bit with, with West Coast. A week after telling, saying everyone you can trust them. So I'm probably going to back them in this week, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Essendon got up and I'll be actually pretty annoyed if Essendon get up because I'm, it'd be like Carlton on Monday or Tuesday, I'm like, oh, I'm going to tip Carlton Essendon. Yeah. But the more I think about it, the more I'm looking at it, I just go, you've got to trust Geelong a bit more and you know, when you're leading the footy tipping comps like I am at the moment, a bit of head wobble. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to probably play a little bit safe for this one and just tip Geelong. I'd be looking at a line four and a half, and maybe even the overs. One seventy. I don't think it's in a rain. I know Saturday is meant to be a little bit rain, but I think it's pretty good uh, on Sunday. That could be in danger because I think you know we've seen Geelong like scoring, even when we saw it in the Hawthorne game, and Essendon will like scoring as well. So, and big Joe Danaher, you know, didn't he turn it on Anzac Day? If, you know, he's pretty good against North. Hopefully, he can back it up against. Him. Geelong. It'll be a good game to watch on Sunday, Arvo. Absolutely. So, an interesting set I found for Geelong, they average nine individual goal kickers a game this season, the most by any side. Yeah. So, their forward spread is the best spread in the uh, in the competition. That, they, they remind me a bit of Richmond 2017, Geelong. They've got a lot of players that you know, get you know, 10 to 15 possessions. Everyone plays their part and does their bit. And so, if you have an average of nine goal kickers a game, you're going to have a pretty good defence to uh, mark up on those guys. That's not the case for Eston, however. Uh, they've lost 35% of their defensive one-on-one contests so far this season. That's ranked 17th. Gary Rowan would be a sneaky one to look for most goals again because he just is getting excellent silver service. The oh. two Garys are in are in some kind of a mental, mental sink there. So definitely Geelong for mine. And as a little cheeky one, if you want to get a bit more value and so the head-to-head, take Geelong to win the first quarter by three and a half. That's paying $1.93. Geelong have scored one third of their total points this season in first quarters. They get they they jump they jump they out. jump out and then they go back to playing defensive footy yeah. and they've done it pretty much every time they've won. So that's the way I'd play that one. The last upset alert for Sunday is at four forty at the Adelaide Oval. Adelaide after a big win against the Saints are a dollar thirty three favourites. Fremantle are three dollar twenty five outsiders. The line here twenty points. The over under one sixty three. Big Tex is back, and so is the Crows, apparently. But is this Frio team, this free-flowing, exciting Frio team, is that the real Frio team going forward in round seven and onwards? Well, this will tell us a lot where Frio are at, and tell us probably a bit where Adelaide are at as well. This is, these upset games are literally 
50-50s for mine. These are the three that I've been toing and throwing over a lot this week. Fremantle's four-line midfield is just absolutely dominant at the moment. And their back line is holding up really, really well with Pierce and Ryan, those sorts of blokes. Walters is unbelievable. Fife, you know, Langdon's been really, really good. Their four-line with Tabernacle, uh, you know, Fetz, one of the boys on Twitter, you know, I reckon last, early last year was talking about Tabner and saying how good he was and that Vic Clubs should be looking at him. He's showing now that faith that Freeman has shown mm. him for the last few years and it obviously helps when you know Jesse Hogan's got number one defender and Cam McCarthy's in pretty good form as well. So, you know, they're probably getting a bit more uh, attention yeah. to what Tabner is, but I reckon Tabner's form the last few weeks means he's probably going to start getting a bit more attention as well. Matera's been awesome. You know, he's starting to get fitter and taking his football a bit more seriously and it's showing... All around, you know, they look starting to look really, really good for Emmanuel and um, probably bodes well for him going to Adelaide. But Adelaide last two weeks, they haven't played much opposition. No. They've looked really, really good and probably I reckon people are getting probably sucked into that a bit. Uh, their midfield depth isn't as strong. Their four-line, you know, very reliant on you know, Walker and Himmelberg and Bet still still really isn't isn't firing. It's, you know, no fault he's had a great career. You know, Hugh Greenwood's coming and shown a bit. Their back line is... You know, everyone's been talking up Keith this week, but, I mean, the service that he got was able to intercept Mark last week against St Kilda. It helped with the kicking it to him every time. And then, you know... I'm, again, I'm probably going to tip Freo here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Freo here as well. And I just think... You just look at the names. Look at the names in their form lines. Like, who do they have to cut down five? Yeah. Who do they have to cut down Walters? Who do they have to cut down... Hogan, McCartney, Tabner. Yeah. No one. So it's, the answer there is no one. They they don't have Adelaide do not have the players to deal with the caliber of stock that Freo has at the moment, and they and if they're allowed to play free flowing footy, they will be too good. And Adelaide Oval's not not a sure thing anymore. Hawthorne went there, played poorly and won. Yep. So, and I'd say Freo is probably better than Hawthorne at the moment, team for team. So yeah, I'd be angling towards towards Freo in this one. They're, and they're good at both ends. So Freo are ranked second in the comp for defensive half intercepts. They're averaging 52 a game. Uh, and they're also great at scoring from their clearances. So they've scored 41 points from center bounds clearances this season, ranked second. So it's going to be hard to stop five exploding forward. I reckon they've got Adelaide covered for both skill and pace. And yeah, the Adelaide Oval factor is not a factor for mine. So Freo to win. And if you want to be safe, you can take the cover. Take the cover of 20 and a half. Yeah, I can't believe Fremont, the line is Adelaide in favour of 20 points. Yeah. That's baffling for me. Like, did I even, I don't know, like, again, this is just people who get sucked into the last two weeks form. And we could be wrong here, like, you know, Adelaide could come out and blow Fremont out of the wall. We water. can't predict the future, but we can look at the stats and go, this is what should happen. Yes. yes. And I reckon Fremont are just uh, well and truly overs. Mm. Speaking of overs, would you nibble at the 163, given that Freo is probably on, on par for 90-odd no, points? I wouldn't be touching the overs-unders because I know it's going to be wet in Adelaide. I've been doing the form for the racing at Morphville this Saturday, and I know there's a bit of rain coming, so there could be rain over the weekend. Leave the overs and unders until much closer to the game, see what it is, depending on weather. But with that, just think about the weather, and uh, the Fremantle to cover the 20 looks good at the moment, and even Fremantle to win still looks good. I think there's... Line by line, you look at player versus player. I think Freeman will have them covered. And Ross Lyon, you know, just back yourself in, mate. Back the boys in and get them playing that good footy they've been playing. Moving on to our so-called chore things, but given how 2019 season's panned out, they probably don't exist. Anyway, Friday night, 7.50. Collingwood are $1.31 favourites against Port Adelaide. $3.25. Outsiders at Marvel Stadium. The line here is also 20.5. The over-under, one sixty-six. Nathan Buckley says that forget last year's Port Adelaide, this year's Port Adelaide's a big old challenge. I reckon he's playing a bit of mental games, old Buckley. Well, we've lost the last four of the five, I think, we have played against them. Mm. So, and again, my worry is our, our midfield. It's pretty... has been great the last few weeks. And their big-bodied midfielders, you know, could win the contested footy and get it out to the younger blokes who are showing some leg speed. And they're pretty dangerous up forward. Sure, but... I, I, worry, I actually worry about uh, Grundy getting monstered by Lysett and uh, and Ryder because you know that's what West Coast did to him last year and it, it proved effective. 
I'm not as confident. I can't believe we're again. This is another. One. I can't believe we're dollar thirty one and the line's twenty and a half. Am I being a, a pessimistic Collingwood supporter here, or am no, I? No, no. I think you're being a bit more of a realist, but I I don't quite understand. How, I don't see where Port will beat you though. You're a team that's averaging fifteen marks inside fifty, so you get easy looks at goal. That's fifteen opportunities for goal each each week. Hoskin Elliott's back, and he added a bit yeah. more last week, and he'll take probably a few more games to get into it. Elliott's obviously back. I think Reed coming in for Cox is good, but again, it just means Grundy has to ruck more, or Reed, or someone has to go ruck as well. And then, so who does? They've also got a really small four line Port. Like mm-hmm. Marshall's probably their biggest tall, and obviously Westoff floats in and around. But so who does Roughhead and, and Darcy Moore go to? So where are their matchups? We've got, we've got enough smalls to take their smalls, and especially that Robbie Gray. Um, although I like Maynard and Robbie Gray. He's done a good job in the past, and obviously Robbie Gray's a freak. I'll just see. We, we, we've really got to start winning the ball in the midfield and scoring from, from clearances again and stoppages. We can't be relying on defensive turnovers. because and As we've seen this year, West Coast aren't that good at it. Haven't been, you know, mm. It's hurt them. And the teams that are being more your... Turnover in defensive half and try to score the other way have actually suffered a bit. Adelaide's another one, so you know we haven't had a great start to the year. So we're four and two, but the footy we played in the first half is something we need to. The way we move the ball against Adelaide uh, against Essendon is something we need to really hope we can do against Port and hope that our speed and and through the midfield does hurt their lack of speed. Because you know Rockcliffe, Boak, and uh, Ollie Wines and Power Pepper aren't the exact quick. Animals are they? No, and then and Port aren't a huge pressure team. So what Essendon did to get back into that game was pressure you, force you into making errors. Port haven't d- done that, and that's what we saw against Richmond when Richmond put the pressure on. Yeah, they won the ball, and then there was nothing. They'd they'd fold off. So I see that happening again. I see you guys coming out of the blocks hard, circuit Anzac Day game, and then and you can play with a lead, and that will be that will be enough. If, if and if you're shown with, I was just talking about. Port's fall line. If you put the pressure on and force them to dump kick, mm. they haven't got a lot of big tools. The other thing I was sitting about on the way home tonight was they were talking about Rose and um, they were saying how no player has had an impact going forward as a, as a first year player as him. And I thought it was pretty, uh, it's probably a bit one eyed, but I thought it was pretty, pretty hard, naive, yeah. Pretty harsh on Stephenson. Because mm. last year he came in as a first year player and what kicked over 40 goals mm. and it was dynamic. And this year he's had a bit of a slower start, but I reckon. Uh, Stephenson might want to just go, hey, Rose, uh, young man, just remember about me and my speed and my little tricks. And I reckon I might put a cheeky little uh, most goals on Stephenson. There you go. Well, my angle for this one, which will also come up in my feature bets, I reckon, will be uh, Collingwood to win. Collingwood to win the first quarter by five and a half. They have won every first quarter this season, Collingwood. They will come out hard. They will prove a point. And I reckon the unders, I think... Again, similar. This will be a very similar game to the Anzac Day game. I think Essendon and Port play very similar styles of footy, and the way you beat them will be the same way you beat them last week. Hopefully, a bit more convincingly for you guys. I hate it when we do that though. It pisses me off. Just keep playing the same way and put them away by six, ten goals. Yeah, but don't, I don't. I don't, don't think you don't get five, six goals up and just defend for half. Mm. It just really frustrates. We give, we give up a lot of leads and bring let teams back in. Richmond this year, we dominated for half and let you back in at half time. We ended up winning pretty comfortably, but. You know, yeah, the door was ajar. The door was ajar. Essendon, uh, obviously Geelong, we, we just played putrid. Uh, the Doggies, we played putrid for pretty much all game and still, you know, even when we got two or three goals up, we let them back in. It's just a habit we seem to have. I don't know if it's mental, coaching or what, but we just need to make sure we nip that in the bud. But, and uh, well done, Travis Boat thinks he's 250th game, so good work to him. And uh, obviously they'll be up and about for him, but hopefully we can get over the line. I'm going to tip Collingwood, but... Again, I think it's a lot closer than what the odds in the market says. Moving on to some, perhaps some more simpler games. Saturday, oh, GWS. 145. GWS 122 favourites. St Kilda, four buckers. They're playing at Canberra Oval and no one beats the Giants at Canberra Oval. Except for Freo. So that's another one. Freo beat GWS yeah. at Canberra and they're going to Adelaide and Adelaide at thirty three. just baffles me. But St Kilda, sorry, but you're yeah, done. And... Uh, this will be the celebration of Josh Kelly's re-signing. They're going to make a big old fun footy statement, I reckon. Get Kelly, most posies, probably leading goal kicker or anything else as well because uh, this could be a bath. I, 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 what I saw of St Kilda's second half last week started to, started to worry me. Yeah, they've got some really good players. 
the top five or six are good, and you know we've got some you know good B graders as well applying their trade and trying really really hard. But JWS are just primed, and they want to make a statement, JWS, because I think you know, in the past these are probably games that have been they're danger games, yeah, because they rate themselves and they get a bit ahead of themselves, and but I think they're going to sort of put them away, and I think the lines need covered, and yeah, this could be ugly. Absolutely. There's two big stats there. The old GWS used to be the billionaires that used to play bruise-free footy. Not anymore. GWS are the number one tackling efficiency side. They lay they lay and stick 70% of their tackles. And they've averaged 61 points directly from intercepts. So if you apply the pressure, forces the dumb kick, you can pick it off, use your skills, score heavily. St Kilda are in huge trouble here. And they butchered it so badly last week. Against Adelaide, yeah. yeah. So and it will play into GWS's hands. Yes, there's no Lockie Whitfield for GWS, but I'm still pretty confident that the team that they put out on the weekend, GWS, will have uh, them covered. So, you know, they, they lose Bun times in a minute and Whitfield injured, but they get Phil Davis and Isaac Cummings, a good young player. So, yeah, I think uh, they're well and truly going to give them a bath. Yeah, definitely the tip. Don't know about the line though. Twenty seven is a pretty big line to put him cash on. Well, so you're that desperate. They're, they're picking Jonathan Marsh. So he was ex Connacht player, go out footy, hasn't really played. He got picked up just before the season started. Yeah, it's it's it starts to stink. I reckon for Saints. Speaking of stinkers, so they won forty five as well. Brisbane versus Sydney at the Gabba. Brisbane are a dollar thirty six favourite. Sydney three dollar outsiders. It wasn't a great Q clash. It didn't have much skill on there, but Brisbane still won by 50, basically 50 points. Can they cash in on a wing-clipped Sydney? You'd hope so. They've got nobody. There's a, 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 something smells up at Sydney at the moment. I know they've, so they've got mixed messages from the board to the coach about rebuilding and what they've got to do. Are they allowed to rebuild? Do they have to play good footy? Do they have to you know, satisfy their customers? It's and, all very washy, muddy waters. And they bring in... so. It's, you know, what um, Longmire comes out last week says we've got to teach him footy and stuff. Is the way going forward for for Sydney to play Kieran Jack? I don't think so. Robbie Fox will have it. They're decent players. I'll bring them back in. But why not stick with a row bottom or a Ronky? Just keep keep giving them a crack. Another five or six games. It won't hurt you in the long term. Uh, I, I just don't think there's a future there for for Kieran Jack anymore. Like he's he's been a great servant for Sydney and all those things. But gee, I think. Uh, they're better off just keep playing the young blokes that they've got for the rest of the year because they're in a bit of strife. And what Brisbane will bring is that, you know, they're going to want to bounce back for what happened against Collingwood a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. They'll be set up for this game. They're unchanged. They've got lots of speed. They play the, the Gabba really, really well. They've got lots of options to go through the middle, forward, backs. And on paper, I just think that, yeah, Brisbane will... I'm almost confident they're going to do a number on, on Sydney here. And, and then... Alarm bells will start ringing about Sydney throughout the week in the media land. And so the one area that Sydney could cash in on the Lions is they are still pretty sloppy with possessions. So Lions concede 55 points per game from turnover, but that's not Sydney's strength at the moment. They're not really scoring. Well, they're not really scoring full stop, but they're definitely not scoring off turnovers either. So I don't really. there's no real areas where I see Sydney kicking enough goals to beat Lions in a shootout. Even- and this will be a shootout if it is dry. There is... A chance it could be a pretty classical tropical storm up in Brisbane. The only the only thing I can see is that Reed gets a hold of the game and or McCartney kicks goals because they're obviously missing Andrews and yeah. a few other players down back. But I, I still can't see Sydney kicking a big enough score. And we know what Brisbane have done this year; they can score big. So I reckon that uh, and they're they're good around the clearances as well. Mm. So number one centre clearance team still, both in terms of number of clearances and scoring from centre clearance. And when they get it to the outside, they will cut open uh, Sydney. So I, yeah, I, I just think I'm going to back in Brisbane to win here, and I know they're favourites, but they should win and win comfortable. Saturday night, the doggies are three dollar forty five home dogs against Richmond, who are a dollar twenty eight favourites. They're playing at Marvel Stadium, and the line here again is twenty. They just love that twenty line this week. They've gone some real obvious for a tricky week. A lot of big clear margins. Let's just, let's just stick to what we stick to close enough. <laughs> so uh, the doggies, the doggies are in trouble, as we said in our, our little taking stock segment. There, the Tigers, despite facing week on week of football adversity, another injury. There's no real room here for the for the dogs to get up over the Tigers, is there? 
They actually have a good record against you, both. They have a great record, but... I think they've won the last five out of the last six or something. They, uh, I think they've covered the line in the, in the last six. No, I reckon... No, because, like, the last game of last oh, year yeah, was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you guys won by three points, but time for that, they, uh, they, you won by, they won by five. Time for that, 2016, they won by 10. 2015, they won by 20. 2015 again, they won by 20. 2014, they won by two. Yeah, well, hang on, but 2014 is... 2013... Yeah, we're going, we're, going, we're going back six years. Yeah, I know, but it's I'm just saying... It's a different team. I know, but still, when you were good, when you've been good the last two years, they've, yeah, they've yeah. beaten you, and obviously last round last year, that Richmond came back and probably stole one that they should have lost. With them. Absolutely, they yeah. Hit the, the late hit the post, and I think it was Suckling or someone hit the post late in the game, and she yeah. would have won it. They've got a good record against you, and that... that yeah, generally when teams have good records against teams, I don't know what it is about form and stuff, but that always that always seems to stand up. Whether it's style or just history, I'm not sure. But I, I worry about I, I was worried about Asprey going down, and then I looked up saw you playing Western Bulldogs, and they don't play tall, so it shouldn't matter. So all you you should be fine for key post defensively. Forwards, you, you should kill them. Mids, that's the only probably thing I I, I see where. Doggies can get on top of you there because they've got a really good midfield. They've been down the last two weeks, but it's whether they can score, and that's you know. And then obviously you get them on a the counter attack. But I'm going to tip the Tigers to win, and I'm probably going to go doggy sixty-one to seventy-five. But this is this probably given the history of the two teams and the way the styles come up against each other. This is probably the one that should be in the upset alert. Nah, definitely not. Simple fact is they won't score enough points to beat Richmond. So they're in the bottom four for scores per inside 50, 39%. They're in the bottom four for goal accuracy, 43%. And they're only averaging 71 points this year. And they've played teams like Carlton already. So they've played some bottom four teams and they lost. They're not scoring at all against poor teams, not scoring against the better teams. They won't score against Richmond. Imagine that. How can you... Seriously, if they did come out and win, they've lost to Carlton, Gold Coast... And a few other shit teams, or else to Collingwood as well, and then they'll beat Richmond. It just won't happen. It just it's what we said the other week. It's just a mighty duck story. Yeah, a miracle. Yeah, but it has to be a miracle, and it's not going to happen. Sixty-one and seventy-five is the only good value in this game. Otherwise, probably don't even bother watching. It'll be a pretty yuck game, in my opinion. Speaking of yuck games, this has a massive potential to be one. Saturday night, seven twenty-five. West Coast are hosting Gold Coast. West Coast are a dollar oh seven, even though they got beaten by sixty odd points last week. Gold Coast seven dollar outsiders. They're at Optus Stadium. The line here is forty seven. Yeah, we're just making up lines now. Bit silly. No, West Coast have been under the pump the last two weeks. They come up against a team that's been ordinary the last two weeks. I reckon forty seven as a line is ridiculous. I though. think people are thinking that West Coast can come out and make a big statement. But I wouldn't be surprised if Gold Coast want to make a little statement themselves. They might make it a real defensive sort of game. Mm. But they can bring endeavour. They can. They can bring effort. Um, it won't be enough, but they can bring no. it. Well, good for probably two, two and a half quarters against Brisbane. Mm. And they got blown away late. And they're not the first team to have that done to them by Brisbane. So, yeah, they can probably bring it for half, half or so. Then West Coast probably get on top. But, uh, yeah, West Coast should win and... From a punting perspective, obviously you get your sixty-one and seventy-five, which we which you always do for Gold Coast. But I would be steering well clear of this game because it's just there's no value anywhere. It's just I just look at it and not touch it because Gold, West Coast could win anywhere between twenty and one hundred and fifty points. Seriously, mm. and Gold Coast, you know, you just don't know where you're going to get, especially the last few weeks. I mean, yeah, they were ordinary as against Adelaide. They were pathetic. They were. They didn't uh, even bring the endeavour and edge, which is what. The only thing we can expect from Gold Coast yeah. this year is endeavour and a bit of like hardness. And if they don't bring that, everything else falls apart. And they bought it for you know, two, two and a half quarters against Brisbane and it fell apart. They ended up getting number 50 points or 60 points. And now they've got to go to West Coast and you know, bring it again. So it gets harder for younger teams when you start getting thumped a bit to you know, bring, so, that, yeah. bring that endeavour, bring that intent. Because in the back of your mind, it's like, I'm... I'm Putting in, I put my head over the pillars so I can lose by thirty, not sixty. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard thing to yeah. get over. Isn't when you it? know you're not going to win many games and stuff, it does. You know, they started the year really well, up, you know, up in a high, and, and they've been all right. But now, now it's hard times for for Stewie Dew and his team to try and keep the the uh, the non-negotiables. Yeah, and the boys, you know, just keep them focused on what needs to be done. Yeah, and so, and, and follow the story, follow the path. You know, the, the next next three or four years and. 
have that in their mind instead of next week. Absolutely. Definitely West Coast to pick. And then probably one to ignore. I think Saturday, if you, again, we, we always talk about come this middle part of the season that you need to cash in, you need to cash in some favours. This is the one to go do those things you've neglected because you've been watching too much footy. If you need to go take your partner out for dinner, go say hello to the family, go visit your grandma. Be, Saturday night could be a very good one to do that. I'll be, I'll be down at the uh, at Old Brighton and I've got dinner so on, on Saturday after, at night. So You're safe there? I'm safe, yeah. Our last game of the week is a 50-50, a genuine 50-50. Saturday, Melbourne versus Hawthorne. They are both paying $1.90. There's basically no line. It spreads between one and two points, depending on which bookmaker you hang out with. The over-under, 165. Goodwin is trying to say that they need to fight the good fight and keep chipping away at their improvement. But Baz, he's ignored your advice. He's sending T-Mac back to the forward line. The only reason I'm going to think about that is because I haven't got a... I mean, Mitchell's been good for them. Like, he's competing. He's, he's causing issues. He, he brings the ball to ground, doesn't get outmarked. Roughhead's doing his bit, but surely, yeah, I, look, I, I don't know. Like, now, who do you trust in this? Because Clarko doesn't trust Hawthorne. He came out in the presser and says he doesn't know what this team is. He doesn't know if they're going to play finals or they have, to, they have to go do another rebuild. Who do you trust more out of Hawthorne and Melbourne? Well, so, they've dropped, well, Melbourne have dropped Wiedemann, so which means that's why McDonald's going to go back forward. But that means McDonald's going to get the number one defender, so he's going to get Stratton. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Clarkson might go. <laughs> we'll put Brand on him because well, Brand's probably that injured because he hurt his shoulder. But might put Brand on him because he doesn't need the number one defender. Yeah. So they've, you know, Hawthorne have managed Scrimshaw and they've dropped Cousins. Or, or sorry, Cousins got suspended for that high hit. And Dylan Moore has been tearing it up in the VFL and comes back. And, and the big in for me is Burgoyne. Mm. And this is another one I've been tossing. Th- Toing and throwing because Melbourne and Hawthorne, are, Hawthorne don't really have a lot of speed on the outside. But then I watched them play on the weekend and watched you know, Sheil and Smith and and Scully get to the outside and when they can switch kick and and Trent move that ball across you know to the other side of the ground and open up, make the ground big. That's what's been worrying Melbourne a lot. And I feel I feel that Scully could be set for a big one here against his first club. A part of me wants to tip Melbourne. I just think that. Yeah, they, they, they surely have to turn it around at some point. And they showed parts against Richmond for probably the first half. I didn't mind the move of Jones back, you know. But it, they put Brayshaw on a wing, but they, they, their midfield got, ended up getting beaten pretty comfortably. So, I don't know, I just think that you play your best players in your best positions and, and back your team in and back your system in. Your system probably isn't good enough at the moment, Melbourne, but um, I'm probably going to tip Hawthorne. Absolutely have to tip Hawthorne on this one. Melbourne ranked poor in too many key indicators. They are the top clanger side in the comp. They have the equal least scoring shots per game with West Coast. They have the uh, fewest disposals per clanger, so they're always turning it over. How do Hawthorne like to score from turnover? They uh, only mark the ball inside 50, 70% of the time, which is dead last in the competition. They only score from an inside 50, 33% 33% of the time, so they can't punish you with scores even when they do get the ball forward. Hawthorne are going to be too well drilled. They're, and when you bring back Silk, they will be too silky. This is this is a Hawthorne pick for mine. And a fun little angle I found as well is that Hawthorne have scored over one-third of their points in Q3. What happened in the third quarter against Richmond? Melbourne disappeared. They had scored two behind. So Hawthorne to win the third quarter, $1.90, is great value there. You can roll it in for an in-game multi and have them to win and the, win the Q3 and you get yourself up around $3.60. Uh, uh, Hawthorne still worry me because you can't... Hawthorne can worry you, but Melbourne have been putrid and we have to jump off that ship, mate. You have to jump off that ship. Yeah, I'm going to tip Hawthorne just on form alone, but I just have this feeling that Melbourne might win one. And it would be classic Melbourne. It would be classic Melbourne just to ruin my tips yet again. Yeah, I'll probably fine. celebrate like the one that won a final and get beaten by someone like Carlton the following week, so it's fine. It is what it is. All right. But, but would, oh. would you tip Melbourne or Carlton at the moment? Come. If they had, let's say, the Cruiser and, and Casey. Full strength Carlton versus strong strength Melbourne, I'm tipping Carlton. Yeah, wow. Well. I'm, I'm off Melbourne. No, but just... I'm completely off them. They were putrid last week. They've been putrid all year. They can't stay that bad, surely. Their, their list is actually all right. doesn't matter if they don't want to play footy. Shit. I don't know. I just 
part of me wants to tip uh, wants to tip Melbourne this week. What are you doing then? You tipping Melbourne? No, I'll stick to the Hawks. I'll play it safe, but I've already probably probably picked too many outsiders already with uh, with Freo and Carlton. So yeah, no, I'll stick to I'll stick to the Hawks. But I'll tell you what, if they lose, I'll be pissed off at myself for not going me gut again. Double your money and make a stack. to our final segment money making time for you at home couple of interesting angles of course straight off the bat you got Carlton 61-75 Gold Coast 61-75 keep track of those we're still up after another win on one of those last week Gold Coast got it last week so we're back up into the double digit profits Baz what's your roughie for the week my roughie is old multi Fremantle into Western Bulldogs 61-75 which gives you $8.78 there you go, delicious. My roughie is also a multi, and it's the quarter-by-quarter uh, quarter wins the game multi. So I've got Collingwood to win the first by five and a half, Geelong to win the first by three and a half, and Hawthorne to win the third gives you $7.11. And my value is a same-game multi, Collingwood versus Port Adelaide. Collingwood to win, Collingwood to win the first quarter by five and a half, and under one sixty-five and a half is paying $4.50. Any other major bets the weekend, Baz? Uh, Fremantle, value bet, $3.05. And I reckon my, my my bet to take us home for the week, just like put money on it and just sit back and, and watch, is, uh, is Brisbane Align. But I've also got one for you. Tofane, race eight, more if the, if the track holds up, it, uh, it's, it beat a really good horse first up which has gone on to win a $1 million race last week. And uh, it was unlucky second up at Caulfield. I'm pretty sure it was against Graceful Storm, who, again, form's been franked. And I think uh, if it handles the track in, in Adelaide on Saturday, Tofane, race eight, it's down the bottom there. Uh, it's around five, six bucks at the moment. What's the cutoff for the track? How far bad does it have to get before we pull out? I'll just be, I'll just be mindful of how the track's playing and, I don't know how wet it's going to be. I know there's meant to be a bit of rain. It's going to be the last race of the day. So I'll just watch the market. If, if the money stays solid for it, then obviously the, the, the trainer and, and so on think it's going to be, it's a it's a chance. It'll handle the track. But if it starts to drift, obviously just uh, save your money because it's, uh, they don't think it'll handle the track very well. All right. There's a little cheeky horse tip as well. Just Quinella with Behemoth. They're the two ones you want. There you go. There you go. If you have a cheeky pick or two, whether it be on the footy, maybe the league, or the horses, you can drop us a line on our Twitter page. That's at SC underscore mag underscore Oz. You'll see our Twitter handles floating around on that page as well, so you can hit us up directly. Or you can chat to us on the Facebook page, as some of you lovely listeners have been doing already. That is Sporting Chance Magazine. Or if you prefer to give us some uh, 360 feedback face-to-face, you can see us down at the Yorkshire Hotel. Good luck to uh, all your tips and your footy clubs. And if you're playing on the weekend, good luck as well. Come on.